1: Find a
0: location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us.
1: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and A member FDIC.
0: Hello, hello, Spartan Nation. How is it going? Welcome into episode 39 of MLOT Spartan Confidential Podcast. I'm your host Brandon Champion, joined once again by Michigan State football beat writer Matt Wendell. It is Wednesday, July fourteenth, twenty twenty-one. It's another preview day as we continue to get you all set for fall camp, which is inching closer each and every day. I, for one, cannot wait. I, Matt, I, I caught myself staring at the schedule yesterday. I was I was getting hyped for games like Fresno State and UConn and UCLA and Hawaii and Illinois and Nebraska. But uh, <laughs> Big Ten Media Days are on the horizon. You got you getting excited? Yeah,
1: it's, uh feels like it's almost starting to be real. So next week we'll be in um, Indy for uh, Big Ten Media Days. Talk to Mel Tucker and as yet unnamed uh,
0: players there. So it should be interesting. And we're really, um, you know, we're less than a month away from the start of camp. And I know you'll be tuned into UCLA Hawaii on that on August 28th, right? <laughs> uh
1: yeah i don't know i don't stay up too late these days for games that i don't have to worry about but i might watch some of it
0: but but there is a big 10 game on that week zero or whatever they call it in illinois and nebraska that's kind of fun i mean uh, yeah, i mean not exactly a marquee a little, game but
1: <laughs> no i'll watch a little bit of it i'll I, you know those for that first taste of football every year is always interesting so i you know i'm not going to get too crazy about it but i will watch for sure
0: I'll handle the crazy part. I'll just sit there and locked in. And if I miss it, I'll watch the extended highlights on YouTube because I'm a psychopath. Uh, But (laughs) anyways, uh, if you could please like rate and review the podcast, it would very much be appreciated. So we got a couple more there and uh, those always help the podcast just helps more people find us helps more Spartans find us helps other big 10 fans find us. Maybe if they're looking to do a little, little scouting of our beloved Spartans. You can also check out our work at MLive.com slash Spartans uh, and hit us up on Twitter with any questions. So uh, today, as I said, going to be another preview day. Uh, We're going to touch on the pass catchers today. We did running backs and quarterbacks last week, so you can find that in our feed uh, if you didn't hear that. And Matt's stories are also up on MLive. Uh, Matt posted wide receivers and tight ends already. And actually, I think I saw the the offensive line preview was up too, but we're saving that for another day. Um, But before we get into that, uh, we did get a, a notable commitment this week from uh Jack Nickel, uh, three four star boy. I think he's a four star on some sites, uh, tight end from, from Georgia. Uh, looks like he's the number what, 23 tight end in America, it's, uh, 6'4, 230. By all accounts, a great get for Michigan State here, Matt.
1: Yeah, so this was, I think it was not long after we finished the podcast last yeah. week, it was of Thursday, course. but um, <laughs> yeah, of course, but uh. No, I mean, this is a guy that, uh, you know, they, he was a former Notre Dame commit. Um, Michigan State, you know, has put a big emphasis on Georgia in case that wasn't obvious. They have four commits from Georgia among the 14 guys in the class. So that's really telling. But um, he, they had brought him up for an official visit the first weekend of June, the first weekend that was allowed after the dead period finally ends. So they showed you their interest in him and his interest in them. And I talked to him ahead of the visit and I talked to him after the visit, and um, smart kid, um, but he he really liked the, uh, the, he enjoyed the visit to say the least, obviously, but he went with his dad, um, who played, uh, who was a tight end at Stanford, and his little brother, who's a rising um, recruit, he's going to be, he, he's just going to be a freshman in high school this year, so you're not going to find a, you know, a star ranking or anything, but he's a quarterback, and um, already on Michigan State's radar, so I think that was kind of neat that they could bring him in, and, and you know, with his dad and then his brother, who they're pretty much recruiting already, uh, even though it's well down the road. And you know, he said he he was really impressed by the campus. So it was nicer than he thought it would be. Um, he liked. Uh, he, he got a good feel for Mel Tucker and said that that was a really you know cool coach. Um, and he likes the way that Michigan State's pitching for their role for him, which is to be you know, a complete tight end, not just a guy that blocks, not just a guy that can pass and can't block, but, you know, the guy can do both. Um, So, yeah, I mean, he took, he ended up uh, after Michigan State, he took trips, uh, visits to Virginia Tech Cal. I think he camped at LSU too, in between there. Um, but uh, ended up coming into Michigan State, so they got their second tight end. That should definitely close tight end for them in the uh, in this recruiting class, and yeah, he's a good one. So, uh, as of now, he is the second highest ranked player uh in their 2021 20, um class Great yeah and, he,
0: and he's joining michael massinus, who is the three-star tight end from uh arizona yep. played at the same school as as nico right so that's there was that was kind of a yeah lot there was a uh, yeah there was
1: something there but obviously uh they went a different direction at quarterback with with hauser so um yeah i don't know it's uh it is interesting to see the how recruiting's changed a little bit. Not that Michigan State never recruited um, Georgia under Mark and his staff; they did, obviously, and they got some some good players out of there. But um, just a little different, I think we see with with connection Mel has down there, obviously coaching down there, and um, with some of his assistants um, and their experience down there in that area. So you're seeing it uh, the way their uh, their recruiting classes taking shape this year and and then last year as well.
0: Yeah, I'm just looking at uh, his offers, uh, Jack Nickel. that is. I mean, yeah, you mentioned Cal, Virginia Tech. You mentioned he was committed to Notre Dame, but, I mean, like lots of power five here. Boston College, Colorado, Florida State, Georgia Tech, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisville, LSU, Maryland, Miami, NC State, Nebraska, Northwestern, Oregon, Penn State, Purdue, Vanderbilt, Wisconsin. I mean – this guy was uh, – I mean, for a three-star, he's got a lot of offers out there, which tells me that teams like his upside, like his ability. I mean, I haven't seen a lot of his his film. I don't know if you have, Matt, um, but, I mean, does he project as, as sort of like someone who could come in and maybe be a pass-catching threat or a, a maybe a red zone threat or someone that could turn into an all-conference type of guy? Or,
1: Well, I mean, I think you <laughs> –
0: He's I think really it's always project. really difficult. I mean,
1: I think yeah, he's a good pickup. I like his I like his film, but you know, without seeing full games, <clears throat> excuse me, um, you know, it's really hard. These guys upload their own highlights. I've said this before. <laughs> you the first stuff you're seeing on Huddle is the stuff they want you to see, you know. So <laughs> but no, I mean he is yeah, I mean we'll see. Um, you know, and it's really I think tight ends just such so a difficult position oftentimes, you know, to make that leap to uh from high school to college because how many college how many high schools truly use a tight end the way they would be used in like a pro style office where you're blocking a lot a lot of these guys are basically receivers just with more size mm-hmm. um so, you know and it's picking up that blocking component that is that you see as being really difficult um I, when you would making that adjustment but i think you know he's definitely got the frame to do it he's an intelligent guy like i said his dad played tight end at stanford so I mean, uh, that should be served as a pretty good foundation growing up, but I, you know, I like his his stuff, his highlights. So yeah, we'll see how we can make that adjustment at Michigan state, but definitely a high upside and they have really, you know, you know, Matt Seibert had that one great breakout season as a fifth year senior out of nowhere, really. Um, But other than that, um, you really got to go back to 2016 um, when they had a really an impact tight end making, you know, putting up big numbers and that's mm. something that's been lacking, but we can touch on that a little bit later.
0: Yeah. We certainly will get to that in the tight end preview. And I knew that was an unfair question when I sent it your way. Sorry for that. <laughs> so that's asking, okay. you, asking you to project like four Is years. Is he out going
1: there. to be a first round draft pick in three years?
0: <laughs> so, yeah. And we will talk more about tight end uh, in a little bit here. And also wide receiver. There was one other thing, man, that I noticed that we just, I got to address this, man. Like, I saw Mel Tucker retweet a story yesterday about Ron Burton being like a ranked as a top ten oh. D, D lineman. Can we not write stories based off Big Game Boomers tweets, please? Like, I know this Twitter account has gotten popular and people are getting all worked up over it, but this is just some random dude ranking people. Like, that's not a legitimate source. And I see like US, US, USA Today writes a story. Oh. Ron Burton ranked his top 10 D line coach according to random Twitter account named big game boomer. Like, listen, I have written lots of stories, Matt, you have too, where we aggregate, you know, like a big news source ranking someone here, whatever, by all accounts, Ron Burton's a great coach, but come on, we can't be just writing stories based off what anyone, anyone's rankings on Twitter, right? Like, come on.
1: Yeah. Uh, just ignore that crap. Yeah. please for the love of god i mean no i know people like lists. you know it, it's a big popular thing because you just you know that's source of conversation but i don't care what this some random twitter account says it's garbage so for some reason everyone does burton care a, ron ron burton is an excellent defensive line coach um he is twice one that uh, defensive line coach of the year award um since being at michigan state so i think that's and the players he's helped develop says a lot more than some random twitter account so yeah i wouldn't worry about that he's a great coach end of story
0: well it'd be nice if mel would retweet some of our stories every once in a while instead of just Uh, that's
1: okay (laughs) i'm not gonna tell mel how to use his twitter account
0: just fine uh, on his own. He's usually fantastic on Twitter. That's just something that caught my eye. I'm like, yeah, I love Ron Burton, love Mel, but come on, guys. This is we're stretching the, the lines of what's actually a news story here a little bit. And as someone who's stretched the lines of what is a news story plenty of times, trust me, I know where the line is and this is over it. Anyways, just a little thing. Big game boomer must be stopped. That's all I'm going to say because way too many care about what this guy is saying. Uh, I would like a name to know who this is. But anyways, moving on. We're talking pass catchers today. Let's start with the wide receiver room, Matt. Uh, Should, by all accounts, probably be one of the strongest position groups on the team. You got uh, Jalen Naylor. Who was the Michigan State's leading receiver last year? 26 catches for 515 yards uh, and four touchdowns, averaged almost 20 yards a catch. Jaden Reed, the transfer from uh, Western Michigan, freshman All American, who he thought would make an imba- impact. I would say slightly disappointing season for him 33 yards, 407 or 33 catches, 407 yards, uh, and three touchdowns. So some production, but uh, I think we were expecting maybe a little bit more from him last year. And then Ricky White was third on the team with 10 for 223 and a touchdown, but most of that came in one game against Michigan. Uh, tight end, there wasn't a whole lot going on. We'll get to that in a second. Um, but, Matt, uh, there's some good depth behind these guys as well as as well as some interesting newcomers. Uh, let's start with the guys they got coming back on the roster before we dive into the newcomers. Um, I mean, by all accounts, should be a strong group.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would say between receiver and uh, defensive line, this is you know, depending on how you want to break up D line. If you want to split up between tackles and ends, either way, uh, I think that, you know receiver is about as strong a position as they have heading into the fall with a lot of the, a lot of unknowns and how this is all going to work out. But yeah, I mean, well, I mean, what you saw last year was Jalen Naylor was actually able to stay healthy um, for the first time in his career. You know, you only played twelve games over two seasons, and you, because of injuries, and and you. You saw the flashes, you know, at Indiana in 18 um, was definitely one of those days, the Purdue game and Rocky's first start. Um, but, you know, he stayed on the field and, and he was a big play guy. So, um, you know, his speed and the speedy nickname is something that definitely has been used plenty since being there. But he was a, you know, a state champion sprinter at Bishop Gorman in Vegas and, and it showed on the field he was able to get behind uh, defenses and, and he had a big year. Um, he just struggled with drops. That was one thing. I think he had five, which was a team high. Jaden Reed, I think he had a, he had a strong, a solid year. I I don't, I would disagree. I don't think it was a disappointing year. I think you, you go to the Rutgers game and the two fumbles he had, that was disappointing. You don't want to see that from a guy that, you know, you expected a lot of. Um, But other than that, I think he was solid. I think part of some of the limitations were, you know, they had inconsistency at quarterback, you know quite frankly, it was, yeah, I
0: guess he only played seven games too, right? Or yeah. So, so, or six yeah, games, you, so.
1: Well, the statistics for a year like this, you know, they always come with an asterisk. Uh, but yeah, I think he had, he had a, he had a good solid year, plenty to, you know, he, not that he can't get better, but something to build on, you know, when you're making the leap from, from Western to, to MSU and playing in the big 10, which is the reason he changed. You want to play at a higher level. Um, and we saw he's able to do that. Um then, after that, yeah, Ricky White had the one big game. He missed, you know, some games due to injury. And they, Trey Mosley, another guy that missed some games due to injury. So they really – it was really, the you know, a top two. And then whoever they could, you know, kind of plug in after that. We saw Montori Foster and Terry Lockett, Jr. both play as true freshmen. Neither of them really did much. Um, but they were on the field, which which says something. So, I think going into the the fall, you got you got Jalen, you got Jaden. Those are your top two, and I think they have the ability to be one of the better duos, you know, elite in, in the Big Ten. Um, and then after that, we'll see. They really are looking for that third guy to emerge, and I think what you're one of the things you're really looking for is some height to the group, which they really didn't have. I mean, it was basically a bunch of six six one guys is what they were relying on, and you saw them kind of address that in the off season um, with, you know, they only signed one receiver and Keon Coleman, who's six, four, you go to the portal, you get Malik Carr who's a receiver slash they could do using that tight end. We'll see how that works. Um, but it's six five, two thirty, I think. So there's some size there. And then Christian Fitzpatrick from, from Louisville he's six, four. So um, I think adding that height helps, especially after you lose Trayvon Morgan to uh, Kentucky, which I'd say that uh, that might be, between him and Jack Olson when you're losing the kicker of the future and you don't really have too much um, certainty. Um, I think that's, you know, one of the bigger losses just because Morgan had, I think you saw they potentially had the Penn state game you know, guy that's six, seven and go up and get the ball. Um, so yeah, adding some height helps. So uh, oh, I'm kind of rambling here on the uh, receivers, no, but uh, I think you've got some like guy like CJ Hayes who missed the year. He comes back, you got experience, you know, he's a veteran guy. Um, you know, he can go up and get the ball if needed. Um, same with Trey Mosley. who I think, I, you know, I thought there were times where he looked really good, especially as a true freshman, the pinstripe bowl. He made some big, mm-hmm. some tough catches. So yeah, I think there's promise in the group and we'll see really how, you know, with Coleman coming in and Fitzpatrick and Carr, how they use him, kind of what, what does, how this group really sorts out? Because they got, they got guys just, you know, who's going to take the top spots the top spot next to Naylor and Reed.
0: I guess I was looking at those two names you mentioned, uh, Trey Mosley and C.J. Hayes. I was kind of looking at a little bit more before we started recording because, uh, I mean, C.J. where he's a fifth year senior now, right? We, we I think we talked mm-hmm. about him last year coming into the season that we kind of had him pegged as maybe like the number four receiver. Obviously couldn't really improve on that at all because he was hurt all season. Um, but I feel like we've seen him on the field before. And then Trey Mosley is another guy that I think has flashed a little bit. So I guess if I was going to handicap it, I would say one of those two guys would be the most likely to step up at number three. But like, obviously Ricky white is the big wild card here because he wasn't there at the spring game. Uh, We had heard injuries. I've heard so many rumors about Ricky white, all field stuff. We got the whole thing where Jaden Reed posted a picture, working out with him back in the facility. So maybe he's back with the team. Have we gotten any clarity whatsoever on Ricky white? Because obviously No, He became a Michigan Michigan State (laughs) legend overnight.
1: (laughs) No, we have not gotten any clarity. We'll find out. I mean, that'll probably be a thing where next week, um, you know, he was on the spring roster. We didn't see him during the spring. Um, The open spring practice, obviously. Mel didn't address um, the reason for – any of those guys really being not being in uniform, although some of them were quickly explained as they we were in the portal like two hours after the spring <laughs> for the open spring practice ended. So, um, but no, I mean, well, I'm sure we'll get an updated uh, fall roster here, probably hopefully next week. Maybe it'll be they'll wait till camp starts, but Mel will certainly get asked about it, and uh, I'll go from there. But yeah, I mean, Ricky, I thought that you know he the performance against Michigan obviously was everybody's going to remember that, but it was really impressive. Especially for a guy playing his just his second game of college football, so um, yeah, high upside there. We'll see um, where, he, where you know where he is uh, within the team um, soon, and then yeah, after that, CJ Hayes, he's your you know basically your veteran in the room. Um, I think it, it was foot surgery that kept him out last year, so uh, definitely a guy that can step in there. Same with Mosley, like I said, he he made some tough catches as a true freshman, and then you know kind of set back by injuries last year and. Uh, maybe it was. Mo- I know there were a couple of times where it was clear that Jalen uh, Naylor and Rocky Lombardi weren't on the same page. For some reason, I'm thinking of yeah. a couple of instances like that with with couple Mosley and, and Lombardi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, that all kind of blend together. But um, yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, I think again, this is this is a position that should be a strength for them. Um, when you go back, I, I looked this up. Uh, you know, a couple this was the last off season, I believe. Um, they went. Michigan State went 30 straight games, uh, it was, I believe, without a, a completion of at least 50 yards before the pinstripe bowl. Um, with, uh, it was uh, Trent Gilson that had that long catch from from uh, Lewerke, and then they had seven of at least 50 yards last season. So, I mean, I, I, that was obviously the highlight of the offense, was stretching the field vertically. To his credit, Jaden Reed said that would happen before the season began, and you're, you're like, hey, okay, sure. Uh, but he was right, you know, and, and Naylor had four of those from at least, from at least 50 yards, plus a, a 45 yarder, I believe as well, a touchdown against Northwestern and then two by Reed, one by Ricky White. So um, that was the best part of the offense was getting going over the top. And, um, you know, I think they have the potential to do that again this year, especially if they can get more consistency at quarterback.
0: Yeah, and we've seen Jalen Naylor make an impact in the running game as well, uh, either through end end rounds or, yeah. or jet sweeps. You know, I don't remember did, if they did it as much last year. Though. I
1: don't I'm trying to recall that. I don't think I don't think they did at all. I don't remember uh I, I mean if they did, I don't recall it. I mean every, I think every Michigan State fan is a He's a huge fan of uh, the jet sweep offensive attack that they used to run. Um, Looks like Jalen Naylor but, uh, had two
0: carries for 11 yards last year, so it did happen. Oh, okay. Yeah, but
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's tough with those two because they started using uh back when it was still Mark running the show, they would do the pop pass so that way if they screwed it up and you and you know it was, it was an actually an incomplete pass instead of it being a fumble, so mm-hmm. um, you always you know, kind of a little skewed to the statistics, but yeah, I guess I'm just drawing a blank on trying to remember him actually, you know, being used in that way. But obviously again, really quick guy. So the potential is, is certainly there for him.
0: Yeah. You just want to get the ball in, in the hands of guys like that. And yeah, thank Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes for that little pop pass thing, because it's become the yeah, whole, yeah. it's become a whole dang thing. I think he throws like five throws with quote fingers, like five touchdowns a year doing that to like Tyreek Hill or Nicole Hardman or someone like that. So it's definitely become a thing. And, as we see, you know they, the, if it happens in the NFL, we get the trickle down effect to where things start to happen mm-hmm. in lower lower levels. so uh, it'll be interesting to see definitely looks like coming into the season wide receivers uh, are guys that can make some plays on the team, and uh, obviously that's tied to the quarterback play, which we talked about last week, so um, it'll be interesting to see which quarterbacks develop chemistry with which guys and if there is a situation where we have two quarterbacks playing. Uh, maybe simultaneously, and maybe you got one guy that has – I mean, that's the fear, right? You may have one guy that has a stronger connection with someone else, and then you try and bring in another guy, and then that guy's groove gets thrown off, and all of a sudden the whole offense is out of whack. So that is a risk. Yeah,
1: yeah, and this is a little bit of the version of Michigan State's version of did you know Matthew Stafford and, and Clayton Kershaw went to high school together. Um, it's that with with Peyton Thorne and, and Jaden Reed. So you do have that connection there. <clears throat> they grew up together. They're, they've been longtime friends. Um, in addition to playing in high school together, they work out together at home. They were doing that recently. Uh, we saw that posted um, from Jaden Reed back in Naperville. So yeah, there is an, <laughs> and it goes without saying that those two have some chemistry and an obvious connection. So yeah. Um, that said, I don't think you're going to see Peyton Thorne just completely lock on to one guy. But, I mean, those two obviously have the chemistry in that and that, you know, that can't hurt them in that respect.
0: Yeah. Another, another, uh, token in the hat for Peyton Thorne being the starter there. He's got a strong connection with your mm-hmm. potential number one wide receiver. So, uh, yeah, wide receiver definitely looks like a strength. Um, and I think Michigan say, you know, Matt said, you know, last year stretching the field, particularly against Michigan had some good throws against Northwestern, some other games, they had some big plays, uh, hopefully see more of that, uh, coming up this year. So Let's move on to tight end. It's a position that, really, the last couple of years, uh, especially last year, was basically non-existent. I mean, if you you look at the guys last year playing tight end, you know Matt Dodson nine catches for 107 yards, no touchdowns. Tyler Hunt had eight catches for 78 yards, and that's a former punter, also no touchdowns. So you're getting no red zone threat whatsoever from tight end, which as we see across college football and across the NFL. Uh, If you have an elite tight end uh, that can make plays in the red zone, that is huge for your quarterback to have that safety blanket, that big target you can just give it to uh, in the red zone. Michigan State definitely lacking that last year. (laughs) Excuse me. You mentioned Matt Seibert, 26 for 284 and three touchdowns two years ago. So that was good. Uh, Pretty much came out of nowhere with that. Uh, Coming into this year, tight end pretty much wide open, right, Matt?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's the way I see it. Um, had Matt Dotson returned, um, then, you know, he would be the veteran. He'd be the front runner. But even if he was, if even if even he had come back, which initially Mel Tucker said he was going to take the sixth year, um, but he wasn't with the team in the spring, you know, even if he came back, you know, it'd still be one of those deals where you're like, all right, well, he's got the most experience, but it, it is still kind of wide open. So, you know, the way I look at it, um, <clears throat> excuse me, Trent, Trenton Gilson, um, you know, he's the guy that you s- – just kind of seen these these glimpses um, I remember watching him prior to his senior year he was at Michigan State's recruiting camp he was already committed at that point in time but I remember seeing him being like wow impressive you know granted you know he's going against other high school kids who probably aren't at his weren't at his level he was a four-star recruit but I I, you know, I had thought he was going to come in and, and, and be a difference maker um, and it just seen glimpses of it he just you know it hasn't really come together um, and part of it you know it's you know, it is sometimes it is, you know, developing chemistry with quarterback and how you're using the offense and all that stuff. Plus he had missed some games due to injury last year. Um, Tyler Hunt, um, you know, by all means deserves a ton of credit for being athletic enough to go from a walk-on punter to being flat out, starting tight end in the big 10. Um, that said, <laughs> When your starting tight end is a six foot three walk on former punter, Yikes. I don't know that that's <laughs> really a great sign for what's going on with the rest of your guys in your room. You know, if you got four star guys on there on your team, and you know star rankings, you know, throw them out the window or whatever. But you know what, you know what's going on there. Um, so that's you know, I don't know. That just kind of stands out. Can Tyler Hunt contribute? Absolutely, and again, deserves. Full credit for being able to do so. This guy was a quarterback in high school. Um, but, I mean, if you got Trent Gillison, you got Adam Berghorst, you got some of these other guys, I mean, you would like to see some of them make more of an impact. Berghorst, you know, six, seven, you know, that's, a, you know, obviously a big target, pitcher on the baseball team, but he was brought to Michigan State to be a defensive end. He hadn't really played tight end since I think he played like a couple, you know, some snaps like his junior year of high school – um, so there's a learning curve there and he's played two years and, and he has no, no catches. He was mostly, used mostly as a blocker last year. Parks Gissinger, one catch in, uh, well, he's going to be a redshirt junior this year. He had the one catch was in the pinstripe bowl when they were without Seibert. Rosenthal got her and they were basically down the list, uh, you know, down the line of tight ends, but another guy who came as a, as a defensive end and before moving over. So a lot to sort out in that room. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, you have the new guys coming in with with Cameron Allen being an early enrollee from Texas. Um, he impressed quickly in January. So I think the, there's a high upside there. He just, you know, really it's the blocking component again, learning, getting that down. And they added uh, Powers Warren, uh, Kevin Warren's son. Uh, he's a walk-on um, from uh, Mississippi State. And then um, I mentioned Malik Carr earlier, if they if they decide to use him like as a tight end. But, yeah, really, I mean, it's again, go back to what you said to start. It's, it's rather wide open room. Um, They did thin it out a little bit in the off season, but um, I really, I mean, any one of those, any one of those guys, you know, that that we've mentioned um, can step up and take over that top spot. It's really just completely toss up right now. I'd say I put my money on Gillison, um, Mm -hmm. but we'll see.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at his recruiting profile right now. I guess I didn't realize that he was that uh, heralded as a Ford. I mean, number 12 tight end in the country in the 2018 Mm -hmm. class. Uh, He's got size. And, yeah, against Wake Forest, you mentioned four catches for 88 yards, showed some good run after the catch ability in that game, and then basically disappeared last year. I mean, last year, I mean, I I was a little hard on Jaden Reed earlier, but, you know, I think that we – and I forgot this a lot, especially during basketball season. Last year was just absurd. It wasn't a real season. You know, it was ridiculous. So I think we got to cut these kids some slack. I mean, it just wasn't a true real season. So I think we got to see what these kids can do. Yeah, I thought Gillison, man, after that Wake Forest game, I thought coming into next year, he was a guy that was going to take the next step. And he's already a retro junior now. Like, so, I mean, you would, you would expect him to be the guy that would step forward. Do you have a sense at all of which way they're going to go with Malik Carr? I mean, I assume that's another thing you'll probably ask Mel next week, huh?
1: Yeah, that'll be that'll be something to figure out next week. And I think a lot of it, you know, it's, it is funny, by the stuff you hear. Like when they put out the release of the, uh, the guys who joined the team in uh, May, um, including, you know, the transfer additions and a couple of the new uh, freshmen. <laughs> the little bios for everybody everybody had a position listed except Willie Carr <laughs> so that kind of is an indication like yeah I mean so you can see all right yeah so they're gonna try maybe they want to use him at tight end we'll see but really it's it's how this stuff works out on the fly you know I mean they, they experiment and you know this isn't like a complete like Brandon Wright where they you know dabbled with him a little bit at defensive end last year before you know he stuck at running back now he's back at DM. you know that's a little bit different than whether you're and really, it might be some stuff you have to tailor just to the individual um, and kind of how they fit with the offense and what you want to do specifically. But, you know, Carr was a top 200 recruit from Oak Park. Um, you know, he had the offers and obviously a basketball player as well. And, and um, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see what they're able to do with him. Um, but he's definitely a big player a big addition um to say the least and for an offense that desperately needs uh <laughs> desperately needs to uh to improve uh, if they want to be a, su- a successful program
0: yeah mean, 247 had Malik Carr is the number 4 tight end in America in the uh, in the, in the mm-hmm. t- 2021 class i mean that's our 2020 class i guess uh so that's i mean <laughs> Come on. Like, you gotta think this talent uh, wins out eventually. I mean, if if guys like Malik Carr and Trenton Gilson can't beat out a former walk-on punter for reps at tight end, then like you said, We got a problem. So hopefully, with more of a regular uh, off season and a regular uh, fall camp, and just just more regular everything, uh, things will start to play out a little bit more uh, than they could. But I'm open to just anything happening with the pass catchers this year. I mean, there could be a guy that came out that comes out of nowhere and uh, and puts on a show, as we saw with Ricky White. I mean, who knew who Ricky White was before the Michigan game last year? I mean, you probably did, but like people, yeah, but people like who. You know, I didn't know who he was. I, cover, I like to think that I follow the team pretty closely, and I didn't know who Ricky White was. So uh, you never know who's going to pop yeah, up on some was... of these college rosters.
1: Yeah, but he was a guy that he, you know, he transferred uh, – Georgia guy um, transferred and, was, and put up big numbers at one of the better programs in, in the state. So he was definitely a guy that I was aware of. That was one of the better um, gets that Mark D'Antonio and his staff had down the stretch that last recruiting class. So, um, yeah. He was, I mean, the potential is certainly there. It's just, you don't, you're never going to say, you're never going to expect a true freshman to come in and can't wow. predict that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, that said, you know, there, there's wide receiver, I think, is they they got a lot of guys. There's a lot of talent there. And tight end is just kind of, well, there's guys there. What's it going to, what's, what are we going to, what are they going to make of it? Because it's really unclear who's going to, who's going to emerge from that group. But, um, well, two months, less than two months, it should be uh, become a little clearer who the best option is.
0: Right, right. And yeah, and I, I guess I didn't really start following football recruiting, especially very closely until like 2019, 2020. So <laughs> there was just too many guys for me to care. But now that I do this podcast, I'm like, I better start paying attention to football recruiting a little bit more. But
1: <laughs> yeah, don't pay attention to every offer they put out there. That will drive you crazy. Yeah. They offer 300 and some guys a cycle, so yeah. Um, you know, they're basically the percentage of guys they offer for what is committable offer is, is, is ridiculous. College football recruiting is, is silly in that respect, but you know, who everybody else, does
0: basically, the same you thing. know, who, you know who else puts out 300 offers a cycle,
1: Juwan Howard. <laughs> well, Yeah. I mean, most, 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 that's just the way it is. I mean, that's why a lot of programs are. So, I mean, some program, you'll see Stanford offer fewer guys you'll see Northwestern offer fewer guys. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's just the nature of the beast these days. So,
0: right. All right. Well, that's going to do it for our pass catching preview. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, Matt, what's, what's coming up next in the previews you going to the big uglies now. Yeah. Good
1: offensive line for today. Defensive line after that. And then, you know, just work the way back to the you know back in the defense linebackers secondary and then uh, eventually get to special teams because everybody's dying to know what the depth chart is at long snapper. So hey, uh, kicker, yeah. you
0: six star kicker coming to Michigan State. You know you were talking about the depth Jack Olson What are you talking I, about? I love
1: the I love the six star that they give on uh, <laughs> the kicking sites. Uh, you know, it's fun, but no, I mean special teams would be interesting because they really uh, the future is gonna. I don't know,
0: you know, they got, they got, they got some, it'll it'll be interesting this fall. Let's put it that way. We'll get there eventually, but uh, appreciate everyone for listening today, Matt. Thanks for joining me. Appreciate it. Uh, You can check out uh, his work online. It's on mlive.com slash Spartans. I think the offensive line preview just went up uh, as I see looking at it now. So you can get a little preview on that. We'll obviously touch on that on the pod more. That's a position that again could be in flux and needs to improve a lot. So looking forward to that. Conversation again. If you could please like, rate, and review the podcast, it would be very much appreciated. Check us out at slash Spartans. Uh, looking forward to it, Matt. We're getting closer with Big Ten Media Days next week. You said, Yep,
1: awesome two days in Indy. So, wow,
0: we'll see how it goes. Is that going to be the name of your memoir someday? Two days in Indy? The man,
1: <laughs> no, it's just, he was always in Chicago every year, but um, they moved it this year after it being uh, off last year so i would imagine it'll be the same deal the you're gonna hope tell that the air conditioning is turned down like 46 degrees so you have that nice difference between 90 something outside and, and
0: stepping in the freezer inside same thing every year awesome well we'll look forward to your coverage uh so yeah everyone thanks for listening appreciate it and until next time go green